Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. All right, we're back. Uh, and when we left off last week, Rick was stuck in a tank and a mysterious voice came out from nowhere to, well, to we don't know what he was there to do, but ultimately he was there to usher him to safety. So here we are. We're in episode two of The Walking Dead, uh, season one. Uh, this episode is called Guts, and we will find out why in just a moment. How you doing, Zach? Uh, Renee, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice. This uh, this show aired a long time ago. <laughs> well, it feels like it was yesterday. We talked about this on the last episode. I remember watching this first season like as it was airing, and it doesn't feel like it was what 11 years ago. But <gasps> here we are. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, 11 years, I guess. Yeah, more or less, right? Yeah, it's that's a little bit scary. Um, but then again, you know, when you go back and you look at Coral, I guess it, you know, really sinks in on how little he was. We're, I think we're going to have a lot to say about the kids because it always kills me where the show is like season to season. And it's like next week. And then the kid is like, looks like they're like 20 years older. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, yes. to talk about <laughs> around like season three, I think. Yeah. Like we'll talk about the J word later. <laughs> I, oh. I don't even know what that means, but yeah. I'm excited to find out. Yeah, I'll tell you when we're done. Okay, uh, perfect. Yeah, so we were very lucky that, again, Frank Darabont was the writer for this episode. But for this one, Michelle McLaren, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, was the director. And I was not very familiar with her, and I now love her because uh, she is amazing because she... uh. Her directorial debut was season nine of the X Files. She was nominated oh. for six. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, I feel, yeah. feel kind of bad for her that she came in. Well, nine, that is true. We'll, but we'll yeah. talk about that eventually. We will talk about that eventually. Uh, but at least it was the X Files, so you know, like we'll we'll be yeah. okay with that. She did. Uh, she was nominated for six primetime Emmy awards uh, for Breaking Bad, uh, which was another big uh, series. Um. A lot of nominations for things. Now, this is one of my favorite parts, is that she was announced to develop the script and direct Wonder Woman. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't actually realize that. Yeah, and I guess it was, um, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was, I guess it was the original Wonder Woman, but she backed out in 2015 because of creative differences. So <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, well, so I'm really curious about what that was. And you I'm know. actually not surprised. That was before Wonder Woman actually came out. That was a movie that had been in development for like I think a good ten years. So, oh dear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could probably do a whole a whole series on unmade Wonder Woman films because I was apparently there are a lot. It yeah. could be the the Super Mario of the DC universe. Oh boy. <laughs> oh god! And she did uh, direct some episodes of Game of Thrones. And also um, Westworld. And uh, she's developing a miniseries on HBO based on the Jonestown Massacre, which I just find that to be really interesting. So, yeah. Very timely as well. Yeah. So she's involved in a lot of really popular shows. Um, So I, uh, and of course... (laughs) I didn't really do the math of where this was. I think all of this stuff happened after her Walking Dead uh, debut. A lot of it happened in 2014, 15. Um, but anyway, uh, I I feel in a way like they were a bit lucky to have her. Although I feel like they were very lucky to still have Frank around. Um, do you have any comments on Michelle? Uh, not personally. I mean, she's <laughs> I actually, since you were running this episode, I didn't take a lot of notes, uh, but I was just looking at her resume it seems like a lot of the directors they actually got to finish out this season were primarily like television directors which obviously isn't uncommon 
but you know they obviously chose some good ones because i think some of the some of the like her and some of the other directors uh had a lot of experience on a lot of shows that i like so yeah, yeah. it's uh, good I, I also mentioned i just looked it up and she was actually the co-executive producer on a show that i'm not actually, actually not going to say the name i'm going I'm to leave it as a surprise because I, we're oh. definitely going to cover it at some point Ooh. but let's just say it's uh x-files adjacent I like it. I like it. Awesome. Um, And that also makes me feel better because I really didn't take any notes on the next episode, which you will be. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, uh, so, you know, our basic rundown of this episode is that, uh, you know, Rick is stuck in this tank and stop me if you want me to stop anywhere along this journey. Um, he's stuck in stuck in this tank. Glenn essentially helps him kind of get out of that. And they get to this department store where they run into this whole gang of people. Uh, do you want to, do we want to go ahead and touch on some of these folks? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically, uh, that's, that's a, a good synops- synopsis of the episode. I can't talk today. Um, but yeah, Neither do we want Yeah. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, this, hey, this is our first episode. We're back recording <laughs> after like two months uh, in the new year. So yeah. we're a little out of practice. Yeah. But do- I'll you edit don't around know that. it as it's always. Like yeah. the magic of podcasting. Uh, yeah. Through the magic of editing, I'll, I'll make it sound confident. Anyways, uh, do we, <laughs> do we want to talk about, yeah, do we want to, do you want to run down the, uh, the episode first for this one? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> now I will say, um, um, I'm sorry. What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> wow as always renee is actually not even listening to me <laughs> do you want to do you want to just give a quick rundown of uh episode first for this uh you already mentioned one of them who had a cameo in the last episode but this is actually the first appearance of glenn yes yes our our first appearance of glenn i'm so sorry that's like i was on a call at work i think we're both we're, we're both so used to being on calls and uh they're they're for work so we're just used to just like tuning out if anyone that i work with is listening i definitely don't actually do that as a joke i'm definitely yeah, paying too. attention to all the meetings yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> me too if i zone out it's just because i'm taking very thorough notes yeah you're just deep in thought about what you want to say about this episode exactly exactly oh my goodness so yeah um this episode we get to actually meet this voice who is the who is glenn um who he was kind of in a precarious position when he uh met um rick like in person because he was just kind of standing right in this little alleyway and meanwhile rick's running around pew 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 cap and walkers i'm like dude i I took a note i took a note look i i don't i actually i haven't really i don't have a lot of like hands-on experience with firearms in real life Mm -hmm. but i think that this episode established that rick is probably one of the best shots in the in the world on the planet especially after everyone's dead but uh yeah he's he's running he is running getting headshots with a pistol at like 20 feet um i don't know i'm not an expert like i said but i'm pretty sure that's a pretty impressive feat and also does he uh, okay am i crazy i i went back and listened to it i really can't actually tell because the the sound design is a little uncertain but it almost sounds like he almost shoots uh glenn and his he's actually empty am i crazy (laughs) <laughs> like, oh. it, almost sounds, it almost sounds like he pulls i probably wrong because it seems like that would be something that people would mention more but um yeah no it, it i maybe i'm crazy but it sounds like his gun actually like clicks like he's um he's pulled the trigger and and there are no bullets left in it but i, I don't know i could be crazy yeah i love that i i'm definitely going to go back and listen for that <laughs> Yeah, which which given how good he is with that gun, it means that Glenn was one bullet away from being splattered all over that alleyway. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it would be a good opportune time to just maybe announce yourself. <laughs> like you know, he's coming. Yeah, exactly. Which he does after after I think uh, that's the thing. It's like after I I think I hear him pull the trigger. Which I don't know. I could be wrong. I could yeah, be wrong. You know. But, yeah. That was oh kind of a gosh. funny detail. Yes. We should we should maybe mention so Glenn uh Glenn Ree is played by uh Steven Yoon, which I always mention that I'm terrible at pronouncing names, but I actually know that I'm pronouncing that one correctly because I went and looked it up and there's uh a, just this is a very side tangent, but there's a uh, a very funny clip where I guess he's kind of friends with Conan O'Brien, but uh there's a funny clip where it's on Conan and he talks about how they've they had I guess been hanging out for a while until he finally told Conan that he was uh mispronouncing his name. 
So no, <laughs> so it's not UN as uh, some people might think, as I probably oh. thought before I heard that. So there you go. I would but look yeah. Like, look, yeah, look it up. It's a funny clip. I like that. That's good. That's um, yeah. Good on Conan. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also it's also like the more I see of uh, of Stephen Yoon Yoon Yoon. I'm I'm saying it correctly now. Um, <laughs> the more I love him. I mean, he. I think this was like his first really big role. I mean, he had been in some. Uh, I think he'd been in some movies before this, but um, this was kind of his his breakout role. And he's actually gone on to be like pretty huge, just in terms of like he starred in I think a couple of movies that uh, have been like you know nominated for big awards and stuff. So. Good for him. He seems, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, I think that's worked out pretty nicely for him. So, yeah, yeah it is nice. And it was the first thing I've seen him in. So it was a good, definitely a good role uh, for him to have. So it this was one of my favorite parts is they kind of navigate through all these zombies that are chasing them and walkers, I mean. And they just kind of get to this area. I forget exactly what... Um, what Glenn did to signal these guys <laughs> all of a sudden the doors burst open <laughs> these dudes in like full-on riot gear come out and just start beating these walkers in the head with baseball bats and yeah. I just thought that was so great I really enjoyed that scene which definitely shows like this is why these people have survived because they <laughs> uh unlike a lot of other people they've learned to actually cover their bodies up and uh avoid getting bitten so yeah. yes they managed to forget for a long time it's true I mean, it's true yeah i, <laughs> Actually, I, mean, I, I have a feeling they might forget I, that i don't um, think this gear yeah that's right we haven't we should say uh, i'm assuming everyone <laughs> listened to our first episode but if for some reason you're listening to this first uh we're we're doing a rewatch from the beginning uh or is it a, a first watch now we're, yeah we're pretending that we haven't seen any of the other episodes and we don't know what's coming so we're going to try to minimize spoilers for future episodes yes but yeah it's kind of funny that they i don't I, yeah, no spoilers, but I don't think they actually ever show them wearing that stuff again. That's a good point. <laughs> they did <laughs> that's not pretty funny. ever. They totally yeah. forgot about it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> they did. Like, it worked perfectly. Let's not use it yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they get into the building, and that's when you get to meet Andrea. And um, she's super charming, and she's really pissed off <laughs> because, because of Rick. Andrea. <laughs> You're right. Oh, my God. Because, <sighs> you know, technically Rick was running around. And, you know, I mean, look. I mean, I guess you're in a pickle. You got to do what you got to do. But Glenn never mentioned anything like, hey, maybe don't shoot that gun off. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Nary a word. But at the same time, they, you know, they got to where they needed to be. Um, yeah. And so then we realized that uh, our our riot gear fellas oh, is T-Dog and Morales. And they just seem like real nice guys. Yeah. Well, do we, do we do we want to talk a little bit about some of these characters? Because, uh, man, uh, I guess oh, excuse me, I'm getting a little choked up. Uh, starting with Andrea, <laughs> who's played by Lori Holden, who's uh, God. I I guess I should let you talk because I actually didn't take notes on her at all. Well, Lori Holden, my my only other recollection actually, I saw her in The Walking Dead first, but I shouldn't say maybe first, but it's the first time I really just kind of comprehended, you know, like when you just kind of remember somebody as yeah. an actor, and then going back and seeing uh, what was it, the first Resident Evil, um, it was like, oh wait, it's wait. Lori or Andrea. Is she in there? I think she was the cop. Not Lori. I'm sorry, Andrea. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she was the cop in Resident wait. Evil. The 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 first movie? not Resident Evil. I'm so sorry. Oh God, okay. Silent I was gonna say Hill. Silent Hill. Uh, no, no, that that was. I wait. No, I'm I'm almost positive that was not her. I think I would remember that. Almost uh, positive. I really like that movie. Okay. Oh well. What? Okay. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real time here. Yeah, please do. I feel like I feel like All I would have. No, no. I, All our yeah, listeners I, can tell me that I'm right. <laughs> I know this 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 shows. Look, as as we said, uh, we're here in the new year. Um, we, we are maybe at the, not, not at the top of our, our game here. Um, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up real time here. Um, I'm going to actually let you keep talking while I look it up. All right. Um, yeah. And so let's see, um, we've got Lori, we've got, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Lori and I keep meaning to say Andrea. Um, there was another gal there. I apologize. I don't remember her name. Uh, but they were in basically just kind of all talking to each other in the entryway. And they hear all this ruckus upstairs. And I forget who said it, but they're just like, ah, freaking Dixon. And they run upstairs to meet 
the infamous Merle, who is, yeah. Sorry, I got to backtrack. You are 100% correct. I don't know how I didn't know that. Um, like I said, I, I actually <laughs> didn't really take notes on this one because I was being lazy because uh, I have to do the next one. But yeah, no, she she did play. She was in Silent Hill. Uh, yeah, she was in Silent Hill. Also mentioned, it's kind of funny. She was also, she, she's actually been in a couple of uh, uh, Frank Darabont's other films, which we talked last week about how many of the people uh, in this movie have been in previous stuff by him because he likes to like recast people. But he w- uh, she was also in The Mist. Uh, which is kind of funny because yes. that's I think Silent Hill is kind of kind of a little bit uh, influenced by that story. So she played Amanda Dumfries in The Mist, and she was also in uh, The Majestic, which is another oh. uh, Darabont film. So there you go. Do you know who else was in The Mist? Uh, yeah, well, a lot of the, a lot of the people in this uh, in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Which oh one my are you gosh. Mention? I was talking about Dale. Uh, Dale, aka uh, Jeffrey Demun. Yeah. 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 Who who I I think I mentioned last week. I I love him and I'm glad that we are I'm glad that we're getting uh cuz he does he does appear uh briefly in that uh first episode, but we yeah. get more Dale in these these upcoming episodes which I love. Yes, for sure. And there's like a great scene in the next one. Um yeah, so these are the crew they kind of run into. They're upstairs. They run into oh Merle, friggin' Merle. Um have any thoughts on Merle before we oh. Yeah. Oh man, I have I have a lot of thoughts on moral. I, I actually I actually want to go back. Uh, uh, yeah. I did actually take one note um, because for some I did uh, look him up, and uh, uh, Juan Gabriel uh, Pareja. I'm probably pronouncing that correct incorrectly. Uh, who plays Morales? He was also in the Mist, and I thought it was kind of funny <gasps> because uh, you know who he played in the Mist? No. Uh, he played uh, Morales. Apparently. Stop so. it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> no. so I, it's canon it's canon in my head that it's the same character um i actually don't know if that character is in the comics so maybe maybe like darabont actually did create him for the show and he was kind of doing a direct nod to the mist so that would I don't be know. amazing that would be but yeah really great uh let's talk about let's talk about merle i get a lot of i got a lot of things to say about merle so michael rooker um phenomenal Boy. phenomenal <laughs> actor I think yeah. I, I think I, I'm really glad that he was cast in this and Guardians of the Galaxy because he's one of those actors that I don't <laughs> think a lot of people were really familiar with him before yeah. like these two things. He's been in like I mean he's a working actor. He's been like a, a million things. But yeah, a lot of people will know him as uh, what Yondu I believe from Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and uh, and this was obviously like before that. And I think this was kind of the the first thing that a lot of people saw him in. Uh, man. Okay, so here here's my here's my kind of two-parter on Merle Dixon. He's a little bit a little bit over the top for my tastes <laughs> just in terms of how he's written. I don't mean as like just just in terms of like the intent of the character and how he's written because yeah. man, if you're a writer and you, you know, you're like, "Oh, how do I write a character that uh I I want people to meet him and within 30 seconds decide that they hate him and want him to die." And man, they just went totally, totally overboard with this character. However, that being said, I think Michael Rooker was such a good choice for this because he is—he's such a good actor that he's not just—he's not just overplaying it constantly. I think he knows how to, you know, when to go over the top, when to play a little bit more subtle. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, I think he was a really good choice for this character, and uh, I'm really I'm really happy to see him in in this uh, in the show. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was just uh so good and so good that you really did want to just choke yeah, him. Absolutely. And I also want to mention <laughs> yeah. uh, cuz we we talked in the first episode about how Frank Darabont had a lot or, or has a lot of Stephen King kind of connections because he did The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. Uh his first film was a a short film based on a uh, King story, but Rooker also has some Stephen King connections because uh, King fans may remember him from the dark half wherein he played Sheriff Alan Pangborn. Uh, that was the uh, mm. George Romero adaptation of King's novel. And then uh, he was also apparently in the unreleased Dark Tower pilot. So uh, now, yeah, the more I hear about that pilot, the uh, the sadder I am. That I think I don't remember who it was. I think there was someone else who worked on The Walking Dead um, who also worked on that pilot uh, that we talked about last week. But uh, it's been so long since we recorded that episode, I can't remember. But yeah, so I uh, every every single time I hear anything about that that pilot, I'm kind of sad 
because there was obviously a lot of talent and uh, Michael Rooker is amazing in everything. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah, Merle, um, not a nice guy. Merle. Not a nice guy. No, bit of an ass. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he causes some shenanigans. I'm, I'll just kind of run through that real fast. Causes some shenanigans. But one of my favorite things in this uh, episode is when uh, Rick <laughs> just kind of clocks him in the head yeah. with a shotgun. That was great. And then he handcuffs him to a pipe. On the well, roof. Yeah. I, I, so here's the thing. Here's the thing I love about Rick. Oh, dear, naive, sweet summer child, Rick. I love the fact that he's he's obviously supposed to be like this very heroic kind of paragon character yeah. who's, you know, always trying to always trying to do the right thing and, you know, he's get people friendly. Yeah, he's officer friendly. But I just love the fact that this guy is like obviously like this neo-Nazi, like yelling racial slurs, threatening people. Um, you know, basically being all around a horrible person. And then and he clocks him and then he has the whole scene where he's like, uh, I don't know, he, he's trying to like talk sense. And he's like, you know, it's not just it's not us. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the, just living in the dead now. You know, there is no color or whatever. And I'm like, damn it, Rick, come on, man. Like, <laughs> what are you what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, like, you're, you're not going to talk sense to this guy. I, I don't think this is uh, a logical, a logical person. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just I just think it was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> now, I totally agree. Oh, yeah, what a mess! I will say, I will say, I'm going back uh, to we we kind of gloss over Lori just a little, or, or God, Lori Andrea. <laughs> um, Sorry, just a little bit. Yeah, no. For for some reason, I always want to call that character Lori, even though I know that's the uh, the name of the, uh, right. the, name of the actress. Um, I don't know. She looks like a Lori, but yeah, Andrea. Mm -hmm. I I so obviously I hate Merle, but um because you're supposed to hate him but i don't know man i i uh my my initial impressions of andrea too are a little bit unkind just because like the whole <laughs> like, pulling a gun on on rick and just be like you bastard you almost got us killed it's like whoa chill girl chill well, yeah i will have you know that she showed up in our new segment that we have so oh, i'll be mentioning great. her <laughs> oh yeah. fantastic um yeah. it, it's it's interesting because we might be mentioning her for the same thing <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I so it. so i love i love the fact that like this 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 group is and it's, it's just kind of funny because obviously she's supposed to be like a very uh, like sympathetic character, like you can kind of already tell which of these characters are written as main characters and which of them are kind of secondary characters. Yeah, and she, she definitely feels like she's supposed to be a uh, a main character, but it's just kind of funny because Merle, obviously written as a character that we're supposed to hate, she's supposed to be written as more sympathetic. But I'm still like, ah, uh, I don't know, man. I can't. I'm I'm not on Team Andrea so far because the first thing we see is her um, holding a gun <laughs> to Rick's head. So, I don't right? know. Yeah, it's kind of like, what a parallel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, these guys are all stuck. They're all stuck in this building, and they're trying to find a way out. And they decide to go down to the sewer. Well, they decide to volunteer Glenn to go into the sewer because Glenn is the littlest guy in the group. Um, and he brings Morales along with him. <laughs> they make a pretty good go of it until yeah. they run into a door. <laughs> kind of a well, door a gate well i also i also wanted to mention that we actually uh, skipped over one one other character that i oh, i just wanted to mention one other uh well yeah another another first appearance and that is oh man i gotta go back to my notes here because i can't remember her name uh uh i'm probably pronouncing this incorrectly as well but uh gerald Jarrell Prescott as Jasmine. Yeah, she's the one whose name I couldn't remember either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who? Uh, and I, I just want to kind of, kind of in general, I think, and also like, so uh, I can't even remember if we mentioned his name, but Irony Singleton as uh, T Dog. Um, the the one thing you know, talking about Frank Darabont and casting, the one thing I will say about this show, and what's kind of struck me, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's a comment I should say for the next episode, but I could probably say it now because we we are introduced to some of these characters. He is like really good at casting like really strong actors. And I think the one thing that the show is already showing is that, you know, there are a lot of like uh, ensemble cast shows where mm -hmm. you actually only have like the two or three main characters. And then there are a bunch of very kind of boring generic characters that mm -hmm. are just there to make the ensemble cast. Yeah. I actually don't feel like that's the case here because. You've got you've got Glenn. You've got I, I mean, God, I love Glenn from the very beginning just because mm -hmm. he's obviously like very resourceful. Mm -hmm. And the the other thing I love about Glenn is you can tell 
um, excuse my language, but this show this show has a lot of dick wagging in it um, from <laughs> from a lot of the characters. Yeah. And Glenn, Glenn is obviously like one of the most competent people <laughs> in the you know in yes. this group, but he's not he's not all you know he's just like I don't know he's just very smart and very resourceful and he doesn't really have an ego about it because he's like you know one he's he seems like one of those people that's like okay uh, it's the apocalypse our lives are on the line. Like, why are people still, you know, ego driven and trying to, I don't know, bully each other around? So I kind of I kind of like just how pragmatic he is. I totally agree. Yeah. But uh, that's a good point, though. You're right. They do have a lot of really good side characters and that even if it's not intentional, you end up really liking them just because of the way they're. Yeah, yeah. Developed and the thing the thing about the, the note I, I was kind of getting to about Jackie, the thing I love uh, about, well, a love, love the actress think she's really strong, only mm-hmm. has, you know, a couple lines in this uh, episode, but really mm-hmm. good actress. And I love the fact that even like her, they basically try to give everyone something important to do. And mm. for her, like, she's the reason that they know to go down into the sewer because she's the one who's like oh well she was actually like she worked for the city zoning office or whatever whatever which seems like a completely useless you know skill in the apocalypse but it actually comes in handy because she's she's the one who knows um that you know that that they can get out through the sewer so that's a good point it's a good point you never know who's going to be helpful in the apocalypse yeah you just never know uh, so, um, and I will say it was something that these guys, and I don't know if it was quite as obvious at this point, you know what, actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to save that for just another minute. Um, <laughs> cause I'm going to probably rant about it a little bit. Um, so yeah, so they run down, they're in the sewer and, uh, they run into this gate and all of a sudden there's a walker, uh, standing there with a rat in his mouth that he's just kind of munching on. Yeah. Just chowing down. Just chowing down. And uh, I think think this I think in this show so far, we've actually seen zombies eat more animals than humans. Yeah, I don't think we've actually seen zombies eat any humans up to this point. Have we? Yeah. No. Am I crazy? Yeah. No, I don't think so. And and, and honestly, that kind of kind of grinds my gears a little bit (laughs) because in in my world, zombies don't eat animals. Yeah. In real life, that doesn't happen. But this is fiction. Obviously. I've never seen a zombie eat an animal before. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they've eaten, I guess, one horse and now one rat in the show. Yeah, yeah. It's just, they just keep, they're they're pushing it. They're pushing it. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I guess they've kind of run out of food a little bit because it looks like most of the uh, the citizens of Atlanta have either fled or actually been turned into zombies. So that is true. You know, that that's is the true. times. Desperate times is right. Um, and now, you know, and it was kind of interesting. They took this moment to just kind of like turn around and flee. Um, and maybe they just weren't really prepared with the tools to handle it at the time. Although, you know, I think really they could have if they wanted to. But they just kind of bailed. And I wondered if maybe they just thought there were going to be more. Uh, it was I mean, just, yeah. you know what they say when there's where there's one zombie, there's a <laughs> horde. I don't know. No! I don't know if they actually say that. But uh, I mean, look, I would look, I would not want to go into the the sewer system like zombie apocalypse or not. Yeah. But man, if if, if I was down in the sewer system and I saw a zombie, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Let's figure out another plan. I'm just saying. But I don't blame Here's the alternate, though. Uh, So Rick spots a box truck and they're like, hey, we got to get to this thing. It's our only way of getting out. So they grab a walker who they. Somewhere they referred to as being dispatched. Like, I guess. Um, they cut the dude up and they rub his guts and intestines and all sorts of stuff all over themselves so that they, too, will smell like walkers. So the question, I guess, is would you rather be in the sewer or covered in walker guts? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. That's a great, great point. <laughs> um, the, the thing I love about this is the, the, the whole zombie guts scene, uh, which I guess is where the, the episode gets its name. So yeah. I love how like sometimes in, you know, these these fictional universes, people will kind of infer stuff and it will turn out to be right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I always find myself wanting secretly wishing that they have this whole scene where they cut the zombie up. They smear themselves with like innards and blood and all that stuff. And then they go out and, and they immediately realize that it actually didn't work at all. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I want to see people suffer. But um, yeah. yeah, I do actually that's like my, that. Yeah. Um, we, we also, uh, we, we also, there, there's another scene I wanted to mention before that, that, that I thought was kind of funny, uh, going back to Andrea, 
Um, so there's a whole scene where she's like talking to Rick in the in the store, and then Rick like shows her like that the I guess her gun I guess the the safety was actually on. And my yeah. question is, who who has like has she been running around this whole time with her safety on? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like you were very well prepared for the zombie apocalypse like it seems like i don't know someone would maybe say something to you because like i guess she hasn't sh- actually shot the gun at all because if if she had tried she would have realized that it actually didn't fire so i don't know i thought that was kind of funny yeah it totally is and it, it's kind of you know you would think though like if somebody was pointing a gun at you you'd be relieved to see this safety was on you know yeah. i mean if i was rick if i if if, if i saw that safety was on i would have just clocked her but i don't know yeah rick is rick is a better man than me well yes he certainly is and we'll we'll talk about that in, in a little probably the next episode i think yeah. um yeah lord jesus um yeah no that's a, that is a very good point when they were talking about uh all that stuff in the um in the department store and then she like grabs a i was like a bracelet or a necklace or something for her sister. oh yeah yeah uh, i don't really recall i know there's i i mean i'm sure that there's some sort of tie-in down the road for why they made that scene because there always is in tv i don't know what that could possibly be and even if i did i'd probably have forgotten it by now <laughs> yeah because i think they're talking about her sister maybe yeah her sister yeah yeah Yeah. so i don't know maybe establishing that relationship and then also establishing why you know rick rick uh i guess doesn't uh doesn't doesn't want to just kill her for holding the gun on him but yeah you know i don't know they make their peace and they could also have used that whole scene with the necklace to segue back to uh, Andrea's sister because her name is Amy and she's over at the camp. And that is where we, we kind of cut to next because T-Dog is trying to reach out to them on the radio. And of course, they're just getting kind of this garbled transmission. And he's just saying like, hey, we're stuck at the department store. So, you know, Andrea's sister gets really upset. It's her sister. She wants to save them. But Shane, Shane is Shane. Shane's a bit of an ass. And, yeah, just uh, a bit. Yeah, just a bit. He's like, well, you know what? They took that risk and too bad, so sad. <laughs> Even yeah. though they were scavenging for the group. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. It's, it's fine, Shane. Uh, yeah. Any 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 thoughts on uh, that? Well, I, I think there, there's one other character I wanted to mention as a, a series first. And so I don't actually know if he has any lines in this episode. Mm. Uh, but I did want to mention Andrew Rothenberg as Jim. Uh, just because I he's one of those characters who... God, he probably has fewer lines than just about any of the other like secondary characters. But, you know, him and Dale are always uh, hanging out trying to fix that RV. And uh, yeah. I, I think he's, I think he's a, a, a really, like... As with everyone else, he seems like a, a really strong actor. So the the few lines that he has are uh, well delivered, I guess. Yeah, and I agree. I, I can't recall if he had any lines in two, uh, but I will mention him in three. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we'll definitely mention both of them a little more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that. And actually, it kind of reminds me again of someone else, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that. Um, <clears throat> so where are we so these guys are outside um basically at the, at the camp they're just like nah screw those guys and everybody's really upset uh amy's upset and you know Lori's trying to console her and all that stuff but meanwhile uh rick and glenn get to the truck uh but right before that it just starts to rain yeah. you know washes all the guts away so they have to kind of start to floor it a little bit <laughs> to the yeah. truck which is, oh. you know, always a funny scene when people are trying to impersonate zombies and the zombies are kind of <laughs> catching on. <laughs> and yeah. I think this been in, I think that was, uh, that, you know, that there was the whole scene in Shaun of the Dead where they were kind of trying to impersonate zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So. And there was a scene where like Glenn was walking and the girl, like the lady zombies, like right behind him, like sniffing all up in his face. And he starts to like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh man, it's. <laughs> I also love the fact that that like Rick goes the extra mile, and and they don't just smear themselves with with blood. Um, he also I love the fact that he takes like I don't know if it's like an intestine or what, but he like hangs it around his neck like, like an a ornament, scarf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like a scarf, or like, he, like like if you take your shoes off and you like tie the laces together. Oh god, I, don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, he kind of I don't know if that was necessary, Rick. I think the. Uh, 
I think the I think all the blood and like organ tissue was was enough. But you know, good good, good for you for going the extra mile there, buddy. Absolutely. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So they but then they realize I think at this point they kind of need to lure the walkers away from the building. So conveniently, there is a Dodge Challenger on the street. Yeah. And and Rick breaks the window and sets the car alarm off. And I guess uh, our boy Glenn. Uh, uh, hotwires it because I'm sure they taught him that in um, Grand Theft Auto. So <laughs> I just feel like that's where you would have picked something like that up as in a video game, uh, not like real life actual. Wait, does 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 Glenn hotwire? I thought Rick hotwires it. Oh, maybe Rick did. I'm it. pretty I, sure Rick does. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that would maybe make more sense that Rick would do something like that. So yeah, so that was kind of fun, and so um, he gets to. Uh, to kind of, you know, lure the guys away and you get to see him having, you know, a pretty decent time in this car around town. And to what felt to me like a lot of really close calls, considering the driver's side window was non-existent. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Oh, gosh. So they all uh, head to the, I was going to say they head to the roof. No, they head down to the garage. Um, I think it's like the garage. And Merle is like still is like uh, handcuffed to the pipe on the roof. And T-Dog, bless his heart, is like, oh, man, what am I going to do? So he like turns around to save this dude. Now he kind of I feel like he was potentially going to actually uncuff him himself um, versus just leave him the key. I can't decide on that part, um, yeah. but ultimately tripped and dropped the key. And, you know, like it's. The chances of it actually dropping down the drain, what are the chances of that? But sure enough, it goes right down a drain. 100% apparently. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, now, there, there's, also a, there's also a little bit of foreshadowing here. No spoilers. But uh, we also see that when he trips, he knocks over a, uh, a bag of tools. That is true. Hmm. That is true. Hmm. I wonder who those tools belong to. Where they I wonder. Them? And I wonder, I wonder what, what significance they have. Yeah. Stay tuned. Huh. Stay tuned. Very interesting. And I, for some reason, so when, when he was leaving, he changed the door. For some reason, I feel like I heard T-Dog refer to them as geeks. Do you recall yeah. that? Okay, yeah. good. I, I had that note. It was kind of interesting. Uh, I actually had that note, I think, for both of these, uh, uh, for, for this episode and the next episode. I watched ahead. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that, like, because uh, we talked last week about how do, why does everyone refer to them as walkers? Because multiple people like multiple different people who haven't met refer to them as walkers. But yeah, apparently, apparently walkers is not the only, uh, the only term for them. Cause he, yeah. I think at least T dog and maybe someone else, uh, calls them geeks instead. Interesting. Yeah. Very, yeah. very weird. That that's the term they would use. Um, but yeah, you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, so, oh, poor guy. He dropped the key and, you know, I mean, T dog, he had to go, he just had to go. Because otherwise he was just going to get left behind, so he had to had to bolt. But he he did. He was very sweet. He chained up the door, um, and then cut to uh, our bud our buddy Glenn, who is luring the uh, the walkers through the town again as they're all you know kind of heading out. Uh, the gr and of course you know it's such a goofy kind of a scene, but it's like they're all sitting in the back of the truck. And Andrea's like, where's Glenn? And they yeah. cut to Glenn, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like racing down the highway. And he's like, woohoo, which um, I'm not I'm not much of a woohooer. But if I was driving that car down the highway and no other car was on the road and I could just like do whatever I wanted, I would be super excited, too. Yeah, I'm not much true. of a car person, but that's a pretty dope car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Any thoughts on that whole getaway? Uh, not really. I mean, we do we do, I think, get an idea of how, you know, T-Dog is actually uh, once again, he's a better man than I because, you know, he, he could have just left him up there. Um, this also, I guess, kind of goes to show that, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen afterward, but I have a feeling some bad things are going to happen. And it's going to be because he he does try to do the right thing right by, mm -hmm. uh, you know, chaining the door. And also, he, he could also just lie and be like, yeah, uh, I let Merle go. I don't know. He, uh, he ran the other way. I don't know what happened to him. It's a but, really uh, good point. Which is what I would, absolutely what I would have done in this situation. It's some a horrible person. Point. 
Yeah. You are quicker on your feet than me. That's a good one. I like that. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm but saying, uh, that's he why does... I'll take you with me in the apocalypse. Why? Because <laughs> I'll leave you behind to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. But you so, know, you wouldn't waste anybody else's time to go back and rescue me. Just leave that's, it alone. That's true. I mean, unless unless they I, I gotta say, okay, I'm very pragmatic. Unless it was like someone, unless it was like a doctor or someone who had like skills that I really needed that. I mean, especially if it was Merle. I'm just saying, like he's yeah. he's he is more trouble. He causes, I think, more trouble than, uh, you know, than uh, or he causes more conflict than he helps solve. So a hundred percent. A hundred. Yeah, I would have left him up there. Sorry, Merle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, not sorry at all. Yeah, no, not not worth the risk. Um, so we've got another segment. You know, we kind of touched on the living. When we were kind of running through the episode and our other, um, you know, we just kind of want to take a moment to honor the dead. Yeah, from the episode. Can, can, can I actually, I actually had one other note I wanted oh, to mention. Oh yeah, because uh, because we didn't because they don't really have a whole lot of screen time. We didn't really, I don't think, talk, talked about like Shane and Laurie. A, a oh, whole that's lot. right. Yes. Um, yes, yes, I, I yeah. did. I did have one note though, which is okay. So the the scene where they're in the camp this is actually the I think one of the like the opening scene. Yeah. Um, so and like, I totally went right past it and right into uh, the tank situation. No, so, no, yeah. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Because this is kind of a, yeah, this is kind of an ancillary scene anyways. But so, okay, obviously they have some water but uh, that they're getting from the quarry, I guess. But, um, you know, they're mostly just camped out there. I guess they've been out there for like a couple of weeks. And I got to say, as someone who has camped for a couple of weeks without a shower, like can't like done tent camping for like a week or two and not taking a shower, I got to say the scene... It's supposed to be like very sensual and erotic. But the scene where there, the scene where he like scares her in the woods, which okay, dick. But uh, then Literally. he like she like lifts up her shirt and licks her stomach. I was like, oh my god! Do you know? Do you know? Uh, and like this is like Atlanta in like I think the middle of summer. Yeah. Do you know like how many layers of sweat and grime are on her? And he's just like slurp. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that. That's gross. I love it. I always love how like when people write scenes like that, I'm like, man, you guys have obviously never been camping because that is after about day three, like you can smell your own BO. Even even when you're no, you know, you're trying to be hygienic, but you're yeah, you know, without running water, without like a shower, soap. I don't know. It's just, it's probably not going to happen, but even if, even if she was bathing, it's probably in that quarry, which that water is probably also pretty nasty. So either way, gross. Yeah. If you've gotten to the point where you're like foraging for mushrooms to eat, then you definitely (laughs) are pretty rank. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. That's a really good point. Yeah. That scene was super bizarre because it's like, unless you have a prearranged situation, you probably shouldn't do that. But like, she had that like usually you know you see a movie where somebody sneaks up on somebody and they're just like oh and then yeah. they immediately are like oh, oh it's just you she was like oh, yeah. terrified was terrified yeah <laughs> even after she saw it was him yeah <laughs> it's like, wait what's happening she held yeah. that look oh so which, which is like yeah that that whole scene is definitely like uh, another mark against shane you know we, we talked about in the first episode well yeah he seems like maybe kind of a dick but whatever but uh, yeah, that, that's just, and also, but yeah, like A, she should have had a gun. She should not have been out alone without a gun and B, or a knife at least. And uh, B, that should have been the end of Shane. Because when you, when you surprise someone like that in the zombie apocalypse, you should expect to uh, get shot. So yeah, for real. Like it's, the timing is not good. And really, yeah. you're right. At this point, you know, there's walkers out there. You should yeah. have some sort of accountability buddy system. Yeah, exactly. No, have have no. any have any of these people been in the the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts? Apparently not. But except Rick, except he Rick, was probably an Eagle oh, Scout. God. He was born. He was born an Eagle Scout. He, <laughs> he was born, and the doctor slapped an Eagle Scout badge on him. I think. Uh, um, oh anyways, yeah. So sorry. That was that was my my last note I wanted to touch on. Just because yeah. every time I watch that, I'm like, ah, oh, that's not as sexy as you think it is, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. Oh man. It's so true. So yeah, so now we will uh, we'll touch on our our dead and uh, the the guy they they cut up the walker they cut up to smear his guts all over uh, themselves. That was a man once. He was a man who had a mother, yeah, <laughs> and a father. He had dreams. He did. He had aspirations. Yeah, he could have he could have been anyone, but he was Wayne Dunlap. That's who he was. Oh. Yeah. Was that was that the backstory of the character or are you saying that's the actor that played him? No, that's uh no, that is I believe that was actually his his name. I think that maybe there was like an oh, ID that's card. Right. Or something that's right. They found his ID. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 
that's funny. Oh yeah. That's funny. And so, and I'd also like to take a moment uh, to honor the rat who uh, passed away. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I will uh, take a moment to acknowledge the walker that was eating the rat. Um, you know, I don't I don't appreciate it, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I kind of want I, I remember at one point when The Walking Dead got really big, they started doing like like some sort of like tie in web series, I think. And I, I actually remember that part of it was like they would they actually kind of like tied in like I, I want to say there was some episode where there was like some house that was on fire or something. And then like in the actual series, you see the house at some point. I don't, I don't remember. I could be making all that up, but that being said, now I kind of want, uh, I kind of wish that they had done like a, uh, 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 like, uh, a, a prequel series where we get to see like what happened to Wayne Dunlap in, in, uh, before he got turned into a zombie. That would be great. And yeah, yeah I do remember they had some sort of weird, thing yeah. like that oh, yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah i totally do i totally yeah. do yeah um and there was a guy with um <laughs> his name was axe walker i forget <laughs> he was i should say his name was axe walker i mean maybe it was i don't know um but i believe it was just the one that maybe uh rick uh took out in the head with an axe um i don't remember that exact scene i will be honest with you but there was a walker with an axe in his head Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I did not notice that. Yeah, I'll just circle back to that guy at some point. Uh, I I didn't I didn't write down any of the zombies specifically uh, for this episode, but I did want to point out that, and I don't know how they actually get this credit because it's uh, all the zombies are listed as uncredited on IMDb. But I did want to uh, mention that one of the uncredited zombies uh, for this episode, according to IMDb, is called Streetwalker. Which uh, I don't think means what the, whoever wrote that think it means. But anyway, <laughs> um, I thought it was kind of funny. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Sounds really like, like a, yeah, something completely different. So yeah. Um. So and um, the next guy I have on my list is a walker. I don't know why they just referred to him as the Atlanta Walker. I mean, because technically they were all Atlanta walkers. But uh, yeah. yeah. Apparently, this fella. He. Uh, I guess you know they probably uh, panned in on the guy quite a bit. Turns out he is the artist and uh, penciler for The Walking Dead, and his name is Charlie Adler. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not yeah. realize that he was in this uh, the show. Interesting. Yeah, that's him. Huh. Little, okay, little, little guy. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say little guy. He could be like <laughs> little guy. Yeah. You the know, normal that size guy. Oh, little, little Charlie. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, he was, and uh, there there was a picture of him somewhere. I'll have to. I'll send you the link to it. Okay. Yeah. Now this one. All right. You know, now I've got my issue with zombies eating animals. Uh, when they were in the department store, there's uh -huh. these walkers that are trying to break in and they're like wielding rocks. Yeah. And no, sir. <laughs> like that is where I draw the line with my zombie uh, culture, which is they don't use tools. Now I know, I know there was some stuff with uh, Bub, and you know that's that's different, and it's a whole different universe and different things. But like these guys are utilizing tools. Well, now I'm not counterpoint, okay. counterpoint. I gotta yeah. say, yeah. okay, this is this is if if you're going with the like Romero universe, Living Dead, this is actually canon because if you remember, the very first zombie that ever shows up in Night of the Living Dead actually uses a rock to try to smash in the, the car window when Barbara gets back in the car. Oh, no. Yeah. So not, that's actually that's actually not because I think we talked about that on our other our, our other podcast, how they show that. And then in those shows uh, or in, the, in those shows in those movies, they, uh, you know, they, they show other zombies doing stuff. But I don't I don't actually think in that movie or Dawn of the Dead, they show other zombies using weapons, so it's kind of a weird one-off. That's kind of weird that it's the first zombie they show. But uh, but yeah, technically, I guess uh, it's if if you're following the Living Dead rules, it's not completely impossible that zombies would try to use uh, weapons to to smash things, to smash windows. I, I don't know. Well, uh, I would like to issue a retraction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, no. So so I so in my my thing is I've got my own personal beefs with stuff. But if yeah. George says, 
George then, says it's okay. Yeah. If George says it's okay, then it's okay. So yeah. if he if that was the first zombie interaction that he had out there, I I'm okay with it. But the next one, <laughs> however, um, there was something that I noticed some of these walkers that were doing, uh, and it wasn't walking. Some of them kind of had a little bit of a a little bit of a run, a little bit of a gallop, a little skip in their step. Yeah, they got. <laughs> yeah, when they're hungry, when they see prey, they can move a little faster. One thing I do know for sure, because I saw the video, George said that zombies do not run. <laughs> yeah. So that that was my one. I got to have at least one one Walker beef. Uh, just yeah. because. I think, I think it's true. I, I don't think they, I mean, they don't flat out run. These aren't like the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake zombies, but um, yeah, they, they, they can move a little a little faster than normal when they're, uh, you know, when they're incentivized. So, Not like the World War Z zombies that oh God, scare no. the shit out of me. <laughs> the zombies that, like, if I turn into a zombie in that movie, I'd actually be able to run faster than I can in real life. Literally. Yeah, yeah literally. Oh, my gosh. So we've got a new segment that uh, we're going to bring in. And do you want to do you want to tell us about it? Because it, it's your idea. So you should tell everyone. Well, I think I think we're going to every episode we're going to go through, you know, we're talking about how this this show is definitely an ensemble show. I, I'm assuming that's the this is the segment you're talking about. Um, so obviously, a lot of characters in the show, a, a lot of characters that we're going to grow to love, we're going to grow to hate. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, go back and forth on some of them over the course of the show. But so I, I think we're going to do a segment every episode where we, you know, we've talked about all the characters, some of the stuff they've done. But I think ultimately we're going to sum it up and we're going to do uh, a save or sacrifice segment where we're going to say which we, we get to pick one character for each every episode. And just based on based on that character in just this episode, uh, which character would you save and which character would you sacrifice? So uh, that's probably a name that we're going to change at some point because that's a terrible name for the segment. But hey, uh, <laughs> that's that's what we're calling it now because I just came up with it like two hours before we started recording. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to you want to kick us off by uh, telling us telling us who you would want to save? Yeah. So um, it, this took me a minute because there was technically kind of three people I was waffling between, but one person was really the standout for me, uh, and that would be Glenn. Yeah. 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 Same. I mean, I'm, I'm team team Glenn immediately. Uh, obviously, Carl's a close second. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I, I think again, like <laughs> they're like they're they're definitely drawing a very clear distinction between the characters on the show that are like like useful, and I'd want to be stuck in a zombie apocalypse with, yeah. and the ones I wouldn't. And Glenn is like at the top of my list for uh, for the reasons that I think I mentioned earlier. He's yeah. he's resourceful, he's pragmatic, uh, and he's also just not like a, a jerk. So yeah, I thought he was really actually like fun. I feel like he really made the episode a lot more fun. Than the first one. I mean, you know, it wasn't the first one was great, you know, pilot episode, but yeah, it just, just kind of had this fun element that I wasn't really feeling when we kind of left the first episode. We left you feeling a little more anxious. So yeah. well, I think I think it's also like the sort of thing where different people respond to uh like trauma and stress differently. So some mm. people are just gonna be dicks. He's just you know, he's he's kind of coping, he's obviously he's obviously a little bit uh, sarcastic and yeah, like you said, he's, he's a little, you know, he's kind of, he's coping with comedy as I like to say. So yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm same, same. That's, uh, that's a two votes for Glenn. I, yeah, I definitely say Glenn. Glenn. Nice. I like it. So do you want to do the, the person that we would sacrifice? <laughs> I say we, cause it's probably oh. the same person. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, yeah, as we talked about earlier, like Merle's the obvious choice because the writers yeah. want us to hate Merle immediately, which we do. I mean, he's sure. a terrible, horrible person. Uh, obviously, he's a jerk. He's super racist. Um, but I feel like, OK, A, uh, I, I feel like, well, maybe maybe he's already taken care of because he's we leave him on this this uh, rooftop with you know, his, being handcuffed to it and he can't get anywhere. So I don't know, maybe he's already dead. Um, also, I feel like, you know, everyone else at some point, someone else is going to kill him anyways. So sure. I'm actually going to have to go for a, a slightly less obvious choice. <laughs> and I just, I just can't get over the like meeting someone who just happened to be trapped. And the first thing you do is almost shoot them in the face. So I got to yeah. go with Andrea on this one. Sorry, Andrea. I, I, you're unpredictable. You're a loose cannon. At least I know Merle. Like, I mean, I'd pop a cap in him the first 100%. chance I got. 
but you seem you seem unpredictable. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta sacrifice you to the horde. I completely for my agree. own good. Yeah, I completely agree for the exact same reasons. Like I know what I'm gonna get from Merle, and considering even considering his beliefs, he showed a tiny little bit of restraint. You know, um, but yeah, Andrea, she's loose cannon. I don't know what she's gonna do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, she doesn't know how to turn the safety off, which that's a uh, you good know. Point. At least Merle can probably shoot. Yeah, that's true. So, we, we did see him taking some headshots uh, up there. Yeah. So I agree. And he was probably—I think he was probably a little coked out at the time. So that's like a level, extra <laughs> level. That's actually probably true. Merle. Yeah. <laughs> Merle. <laughs> yeah. Everyone copes differently, and Merle was probably like finding a stash of meth to get into. Yeah. Well, you remember um, when Rick found the little vial on him. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, uh, sorry, Andrea, you're out of here. We're sacrificing yeah. you. Sorry, bud. It's hey, fine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that character, we'll see how all these characters develop uh, in future episodes. It's true. It is true. You know, it's maybe uh, maybe we'll come around to, to Merle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, so now I have just a few little bits of trivia. I don't know if you want to oh. touch on any of these. Um, and I don't know if we want to do that before we give our, our final. Well, yeah, let's, I didn't write down any trivia. So, so go for it. I yeah. will. This is all new to me. All right. So I have, I have a total of four, four different things. Um, right. One is not really trivia. It's just a, a note, um, which is actually, I guess the first, the first note I'll give is the least interesting. Um, at the very end of the episode, the song that was playing uh, was a song called I'm a Man by Black Strobe. And I listened to the song. It was pretty decent. Um, and it kind of gave me some George Thorogood vibes. So oh. if, yeah, so I think everyone should go and listen to, uh, what is it? One bourbon, one shot, one beer. Uh, everyone should go listen to that and just, you know, just have a little moment. Anyway, that's what that song made me think of. Okay, real actual trivia. The Dodge Challenger that Glenn steals is the same car that Walter White bought for his son in Breaking Bad. In addition to that, like like, like the same make and model, or apparently like it was the Dodge the Challenger. Yeah, and I don't okay. know if it was like the same color and everything, like the same you know graphics and like the same color, but it was a Dodge Challenger. Right. Um, now, and do you know oh, do you know which episode that was in? uh i do not know what episode that was in but i do oh no i was gonna say now i'm now i'm interested because the you know the 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 michelle mclaren would go on to direct some breaking bad episodes so i'm just curious if it was like if she directed the episode that uh, it appeared in i don't know well i will tell you that uh there's another episode called problem dog and he is actually selling that car to a person named glenn oh so how about Interesting. that? Crossover, yeah. crossover potential. Yes, crossover potential. So there you given, go. Given the way, given the way entertainment, the inter- entertainment industry works and is going right now, I would not be surprised if like 2026 we hear about a Breaking Bad, Walking Dead crossover series. Totally. I'm yeah. only half kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I would believe it though. It's, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So in the box truck that the group drives away uh, in is a company named. I'm gonna I'm, mis- I'm gonna mispronounce this. Ferenc Brothers. Fer- I'm sorry, Ferenc Builders and Darabont Ferenc. Ferenc is the birth name of Frank Darabont. Oh. And I didn't actually did not know that he does not use his like given name. Yeah, like that's not his birth name. Yeah, and it's oh. weird that his first name was actually his last name, or vice versa, rather. Now, now I got to look that up because I'm like, did he, is he one of those people that changed his name for, um, for like the, the entertainment industry? Because that's kind of weird. Like you hear about actors changing their names, but you never, you don't really hear about like directors changing their names. Right. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, and so, and that would be also, uh, just a quick note. I am pulling all of my trivia off of a, uh, a website. So obviously, I mean, obviously, all of it is factual because oh, this is this is an original research that you're doing. Uh, yeah, I did. I did not deep dive into this, so somebody could be absolutely wrong. But I'm going to go with saying that they're right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, if it's on the internet, it's probably right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And then, uh, I think this is actually kind of the funniest part. So the scene when roof, uh, when roof, <laughs> oh, Jesus, you guys. When okay. Good old roof. <laughs> you know good old roof, roof Dixon. <laughs> That's exactly who I'm talking about. Old Merle Roof Dixon. Um, <laughs> when he was up on the roof, shooting at the walkers, I guess there were people, because, you know, like, they were, like, in the middle. I don't know where they were at exactly, but they're, like, in the middle of Atlanta, yeah. uh, presumptively. There were people that did not realize that there was a filming taking place, and they thought he was a real sniper. They called the cops, and a SWAT team showed up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that is all my all my trivia for this nice. episode. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I, I don't know. So I've lived in Atlanta for a few years or not Atlanta. I've lived in Georgia for a few years. I've been to it. I've only been to Atlanta for a few times because I I'm not a huge fan of, of the big city. But uh, I believe I actually did recognize some of the uh, like buildings because I think they they are only a couple blocks away from the uh, Atlanta Convention Center, which you can kind of see in the background. So, ah. yeah, they're, they're right downtown, though. Yeah, I lived uh, in Georgia for a short time. And oh. uh, yeah, and it's funny when Glenn was leaving, was like driving up the highway. I was convinced that that's 400. <laughs> like, it's got to be 400. Oh, the oh, interesting, huh? Right. I don't know. I felt like that's what it looked like to me because it, I don't. It just it didn't have that two eighty five vibe. I think it is. I think it actually is because if I remember correctly, that's that's the same road that uh, Rick rides in on in the last episode. But I think it's a a digitally altered four hundred because four hundred doesn't have that many lanes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I I think I remember reading that at some point, and yeah. It would make sense. It just looks so familiar. And I was like, is that 400? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And honestly, it would probably be the best route for them if they were, you know, just trying to get to the north of the city. But <laughs> anyway. Which, uh, yeah. I love even in the apocalypse, though, that uh, that one lane has the classic Atlanta traffic. OMG. Backed up, backed up for doesn't miles. It? Doesn't it? Classic. Yeah. Yep. It does. Yeah. That's great. I couldn't. So, yeah. I, if Yeah. I wouldn't be able if I woke up and saw that traffic, I was like, oh, what's going on? Oh, it's just just Atlanta traffic. Nothing. Yeah. If I came just out of the coma like Rick, I just like man, nothing, <laughs> nothing weird going on here. Yeah, just gotta go back to sleep. <laughs> go back to sleep. <laughs> Somebody really ought to do something about those flowers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot. So yeah, so I guess we can go to our final segment, which is our rantings and rankings, and we pretty much just give our final thoughts and our. Uh, I forget how we rated this one last time. You mean the the scale? Yeah, it's out of five. But I mean, was it you know? Because on our our other uh, show, which everyone should be listening to, which is the Video Store Junkies, um, we rate VHS tapes. Oh, that's right. I, I I didn't think of something clever last time. We just did stars. But hey, let's okay. let's uh, let's rank it since they're obviously they had to uh, you know do some some uh, some fire axe surgery on that one zombie. And they had to they had to basically cut them apart to get all those guts. So let's uh, maybe rank it uh, out of five severed zombie heads. <laughs> my, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's good. We'll I thought just for do me... something different each time. How about that? I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I thought for a second you were going to say like organ scarves. So... Oh yeah, or, <laughs> we can do. Yeah, let's do that. Out of out of five <laughs> out of five small intestine scarves, um, what, what, what would you rate this one? oh geez oh my gosh so um i'll be honest i don't remember what i rated the first episode but i really enjoyed this episode i had a lot of fun with it um you know despite uh some uncomfortableness which honestly when i watched it back i was like oh shit did they say that on tv oh my god oh, yeah. yeah i was like well, you know they, they gotta gotta establish how how bad that's one of those things where it's yeah. like they're like it's kind of funny though too because like watching a lot of stuff now it's like some of the characters are obviously like censored in the show because mm -hmm. obviously like it's still i guess you can't say the f word on amc so <laughs> you know like someone at some point someone says are you out of your damn mind and i'm like man he, you would not say that in real life but uh i guess yeah. you know there, there are certain words you have to have people say to to establish uh what assholes they are so yeah and to really just not make you feel bad at all about leaving them up exactly on <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah, you know. Oh, so anyway, yeah. So I think that I'm going to give this. Hmm, I think I'm going to give this four and 
maybe like a little bracelet, like four <laughs> scarves and like just a like there was a little bit of extra and yeah. it was like or maybe oh like a scarf with like some fringe, like maybe little fringy scarves. Yeah, yeah something like that. A little four, a little, and a half. little friendship bracelet made out of guts or something. <gasps> oh that would have been yeah. great. That would have been really great. Yeah. Or you could, you know, cut the heart in half and make an actual like uh, friendship necklace that, you know, the, yeah. the two halves combine. Oh, yes. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. That'd be so you're going, right. you're going four and a half on this. No, you said four and a half. I really I really enjoyed this. Oh, one. man. Well, now now I feel bad because I was like, OK, so I, I know I, I know I gave the first episode a four. I thought it was really good. Granted, I usually uh, I usually grade things on a slightly harsher scale than everyone else. I am going to, I am, I don't think this one is quite as good as the first episode, but that's not like, that's a pretty tough one to beat because like we talked about the first episode basically feels like, uh, you know, a film, like a short film in many respects. Mm. It's so well done. Dear Monster Direction is so good. The writing is so good. This one, I think I'm going to give this one a three and a half, which is mm -hmm. not bad at all. It's a thoroughly enjoyable episode. I think obviously, you know, they have to start. They have to start getting things going because they kind of let Darabont do his thing in the first one. But now they're they're having to, you know, kind of kind of pump some uh, some gas uh, into the show to to kind of kind of get the the plot going and get the action going, which is understandable. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna say three and a half. I think it's a great episode. I think it's really well done. Obviously, you know, Darabont's close. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's obviously thoroughly involved with the show uh th this entire season and it shows i think the, the writing's still really good for the most part the acting's really good and uh yeah i mean thoroughly enjoyable i've watched this i've watched the first season of the show a couple times now and mm -hmm. this is one i mean i don't think they're well i actually take it back there's one episode that i don't necessarily like but most of these episodes i can watch over and over again so yeah i watched this like twice for this episode and uh yeah i didn't get old so three and yeah. a half nice very respectable i like it I, I think right. it was an average of four, right? So, oh yeah, still, that's right. still pretty I'm good. good I think we both, I think we both gave the pilot, or not? It's not a pilot, but we both gave the first episode a four. So I think we're, I think technically uh, they're both both uh, fours so far. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for episode two of. I was going to say of The Living Dead. No, it's episode two of The Walking Dead. If yeah. you want to hear us talk about The Living Dead, though, you can do that. Just look for our uh, episode um, on the Video Store Junkies podcast. Yeah, which you can find at www.videostorejunkies.com or you can probably go to your favorite podcast place wherever you download podcasts and find it. We did the first three uh, movies in that series last year and we're actually going to kick off our second season of that podcast pretty soon here with the second three movies. So if you like zombie stuff, well, we, we talk for probably about three hours uh, for each movie. So that's, that's probably uh, by the end, probably a full half day worth of zombie <laughs> talk on those movies. So if that sounds appealing, then go listen to that. If it doesn't, you can join us next week for a much shorter episode when we cover season one, episode three of the walking dead. And you know, I, I we we actually haven't released this at all. We haven't. This is uh, we're recording all these episodes before we actually launch this podcast. So I don't know if anyone's actually listening at all. <laughs> but I can say that next week, if nothing else, we can tell it to the frogs. That's right, we can. That's the name. That's the name of the next episode. Tell it to the frogs. <laughs> so like join join us in one week where <laughs> for a third episode where we will be talking about that. <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> sorry i just i was about to sign us off but you're hosting that episode, so i'll let you sign us off oh that's okay no i was i was ready to let you roll with it um that's all i have yeah see us okay uh, great yeah episode see three you in a week yeah, yeah see you then bye don't everybody the dial uh don't change that channel yeah and uh now a word from our sponsors no we don't have sponsors so bye <laughs> bye